Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. This is the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today we're going to talk about something that I think we all should talk about. I know it's the news is filled with COVID-19 and we can't help it because it is what it is. <laughs> I say that with all uh, brevity because my kids keep saying it and I'm like, where do you get this stuff from? It is what it is, that's what they say. So it is what it is. We're in the era of a pandemic. It's historic because we never thought in our generation that we would be here, that we would actually be here live, living in this. But yet here we are. And so as we matriculate through it and go through it, there are a number of things that become evident. And one of the things that become evident is that there are racial disparities in healthcare, we knew about those, 
but they have become evident in the treatment of COVID-19. And I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about it within the context of how racism is still endemic, still institutionalized, even in healthcare, even when people are in dire need of being being uh, being uh, being cared for. Even when people are very sick, we still stop to think of the color of someone's skin in order to determine whether they should live or die. And this is shocking because this is 21st century America, and this is 2020. This is not 1920. It's not 1820. It's not even the 1950s or the 1960s. This is 2020. A pandemic is on the loose that is taking people's lives. And yet when people show up at the emergency room and say they're sick and complain of factors affecting their illness, you're still sending them home. So we're going to talk about it, and we're going to highlight three cases that have taken place here in the Detroit area. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm not cool with it. Sorry, I'm just going to say it out loud. I am not cool with it. Harriet is not cool with it. Because I, too, have been on the receiving end of racial bias in healthcare. I, too, have had to say something. And I will tell you more about that. They're probably going to do a documentary. I was invited to participate in a documentary about black women being pregnant and showing up at the doctor's office and being mistreated because of it. I never knew such a thing could happen. And yet it continues to happen. Right? And it explains a lot why so many uh, black people are being are dying from preventable diseases. We used to think that it was, of course, the media and the healthcare establishment presented it as if this is something that only that happens to black people because of poor dietary practices. Dude, I've been around people. There are poor dietary practices in every in every ethnic group I've been in. In every group, white people are ethnic just as well. Okay. There are poor dietary practices across the board. Dietary practices vary according to your class and station in life, your social status. <laughs> Let me just tell you, the more information you have and the more money you have is the better you are likely to eat. Let's just be clear, okay? So diet, So we, they used to say that it's because black people have poor dietary practices and that, oh my God, it's because it's in their DNA to eat improperly because their ancestors never ate properly. None of those things are true. Black people have been dying from preventable diseases because of racial bias in healthcare. So I'm going to read some stuff to you, and you probably, like most things, you're like, Harriet, you're just kind of hitting it, and it makes you uncomfortable, but it's a call to action, yeah? So for many black families, mounting coronavirus deaths bring an added burden as they wonder whether racial bias has played a role. Decades of research shows that black patients receive inferior medical care to white patients. A long history of experimentation, exploitation, and mistreatment has left many African Americans deeply suspicious of the medical establishment. So that's one issue. Now comes COVID-19 and the fear among many families, social scientists, and public health experts that racial bias might be contributing, listen to this, to the disproportionately high rate at which the coronavirus is killing African Americans. Will America ever get its deeply entrenched racial bias? Will it ever? Will America ever get past this? Or will African Americans continue to suffer from improving racial bias in medicine? I just want to put that out there because so many of us 
have been recipients or we know family members who have been institute subjected to institutionalized racism. It is what it is, institutionalized endemic racism. It is not a joke. It's not something to patty over. It's not something that maybe I can get over. It happens. And it happens more than you. There's racial bias in education. There's racial bias in credit. There's racial bias, for goodness sake, standing in the line at a grocery store. There's racial bias in housing. The, the report is very conclusive. And you can find it anywhere on the New York Times. It's in the Washington Post. It's in the Wall Street Journal. Everybody. But you can, here's the big deal. Here's the biggest part about it. You can go to the CDC's website. And they will actually show you where, when the pandemic started, the CDC issued a bulletin to healthcare professionals to be wary of the fact that they could practice racial biases. It tells you that the government already knows. I know this because I am one of those individuals who have been advocating for an end to violence for so many years now. And just a few years ago, I sat, uh, I was a guest speaker on the Arkansas Minority Health Commission. Uh, 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 stadium, uh, uh, symposium on racial biases in healthcare and how the social determinants of health are contributing factors to why people, especially black people, have been subjected to preventable diseases. This is a fact. This is not something that is made up. And I know a lot of people, oh, you know, you folks are just talking. And in the era of Trump, and Trumpism, and whatever Mr. Trump feels like he needs to do to win an election, he kind of just run roughshod over whatever it is people are experiencing because, frankly, he doesn't care. At the end of the day, Trump is building his brand to make sure he and his family continue to be millionaires for, 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 for generations to come. So he really is not someone concerned with people's health long term. Neither is he concerned with what happens socially. The Republican Party got dragged into it because they were mostly white anyway, and it kind of brought out the worst in them with all of this. And now everybody is sitting back acting like, I'm going to hide because this didn't happen. No, it happened. In fact, once in this story, there's a case of a 63-year-old phlebotomist. God rest her soul. A 63-year-old phlebotomist who worked for Beaumont in Farmington Hills and who's, uh, she works at the hospital, so she's not retired. She works there. And she went to the emergency room four times. And they refused her. They did not test her for COVID-19, even though she displayed symptoms. They sent her back home with Tylenol and a cough medicine. White people show up just saying, I have symptoms of COVID-19. They're tested, isolated, quarantined, and given treatment. I'm telling you what happens in, in healthcare. We see where racial biases, implicit biases, we all have them. We all have implicit biases where we look at people and attach to them what our perceptions or what we've been socialized to think about specific groups of people. And we practice it without even recognizing it. That's why it's called implicit bias. You react to it. And I'm going to be honest with you. Racial bias is not confined to just how white doctors treat black patients or white nurses treat black patients. It's everybody who is African because today the healthcare profession is made up of minorities, right? They don't consider themselves minorities, 
They think they're part of the establishment now. We're talking about people from South Asia and Asians and the Middle Eastern professionals who are part of the healthcare establishment who treat black patients as if they don't matter. They are just as bad as white. So when we talk about racial bias in healthcare, we're doing it within the context of how systemic institutionalized racism is pervasive in the American culture. But at the same time, we have to look at who are the practitioners of healthcare today. It seems to me that minorities, uh, uh, Middle Eastern professionals, right, of Middle Eastern and Asian descent, have imbibed the attitudes of white colonial masters. It just looks like it. Because have you been to a doctor? They talk down to people. I have been in settings where I've had to look at people and say, really? You talk to me like that, we're going to have a problem. I'm going to have your license by the end of the day. They look down on people. They ascribe to black people uh, economic disparities. And based on your address or zip code or where you live, they don't want to touch you, especially Indian professionals from India. They are especially good at this. Because according to their caste system that they are accustomed to, dark-skinned people are poor and are, have lousy health conditions. So they bring those attitudes to their practice in healthcare. It's something no one wants to talk about, but it is what it is. Because for black people who live in America, it's like just one thing after another. You just got here. So how is it that you as a minority just got here and you want to treat the people who have lived here for more than 400 years as if you're better than them? You're absorbing attitudes. And at the end of the day, you're still a minority. It's the worst thing you can imagine. Imagine you turn up in emergency rooms and you are sick with symptoms. And this, is, this explains in the report, it explains quite that there actually there have been studies that have been done why black people show up with symptoms of a heart attack in emergency rooms and are not provided with care that could save their lives. I'm gonna ask you all to start doing this. When you or a family member goes to an emergency room, you need to take the medical report that is generated by law. You are given a copy. You need to read it. And if when you have read it, it does not coincide with the symptoms, you need to file a lawsuit. Some of you all, if you still have it, you need to go back and file a lawsuit against the healthcare establishment because they have done you wrong and they have done your family members wrong. In the Detroit area, there were three cases. There's one case that is still under, under, uh, under a due uh, purview right now because the gentleman went to three different facilities and was not provided with care that could have saved his life. So black people were showing up in emergency rooms. And, and let's just put this into context, because the White House had a whole feel about it. Well, it's an election year. Everybody's trying to get votes. But let's just be clear. This has been going on and predates the current administration. But that doesn't mean that as an administration, they're not responsible for the health and well-being of everybody else. It does not give anybody a pass. It means that everyone who is a participant in this ought to be held accountable for being so stupidly racially biased against people. I, I, it makes me wonder, have you guys ever been into rural America and see how rural white folk live? Do they live any different from rural black folk? Poverty is poverty. So how in Dickens' name you're going to treat people as if they don't matter? 
in one of the stories, a gentleman who is an engineer in Illinois, an engineer in Illinois, went to the emergency room several times. He went to the urgent care. He went to the emergency room to beg for attention, for medical attention, and they sent him home with Tylenol. He eventually died from COVID-19 in his mother's basement. I think those folks are going to file a lawsuit. And of course, when when the New York Times contacted, when the news media contacted the hospital, they issue a statement. You all need to shut the hell up. You are wrong on every count because you know your practitioners of healthcare continue to perform biases. Black women are dying in childbirth because of racial bias. Black men are dying from heart attacks because of racial bias. Black mothers and grandmothers and aunts are dying from preventable diseases because of racial bias. And the practitioners of medicine today are no longer white. There are a multiplicity of ethnic variations, and they have imbibed the attitudes of white, their white counterparts, and the establishment continues to let it happen. And then present the data as if it doesn't happen. This is ridiculous. Y'all are going to hear me today. I know they listen. I know they hear. And I'm calling you out on it. The white establishment, the healthcare establishment is biased. Most of these folks in Detroit, when the dust settles, people are going to file lawsuits. Because when the dust settles, they're going to realize that their family members went into the hospital for uh, for for medical treatment that was highly preventable. They could have lived, in other words. And the racial biases that exist in the society, everybody wants to curry favor. Everybody wants to, well, the prevailing majority are white, so I want to be the good minority. I So I am going to adopt their attitudes and show them that I'm a better citizen than the black ones are. That's the attitude. So they imitate and imbibe the attitudes of the white majority, much to the detriment of the health and well-being of black Americans, who, by the way, paid the price for over 400 years so they can have a country to come to. America is great because blacks and whites coexisted and built the country so others can come. Imagine that. Maybe that's why, in a lot of cases, when people explain to me, especially uh, members of the, you know, the G- GOP, when they try to explain to me the thinking on the latest draconian emergency measures from the president, I kind of shut up because you can see where people are thinking. They're like, "Well, Harry, these folks are coming here and they're taking jobs that we could have had," and I'm like, "Really? Are you all going to be anesthesiologists and doctors?" And they're like, "Well, how about the jobs they take away in in programming?" And how about the jobs they take away in call centers? And I'm like, you got a point. Do you see what I'm saying? Because it's almost as if I can see where it's coming from. Sometimes you have to listen to both sides of the equation. Here in the Detroit area, for instance, five or six six years now, it was brought to my attention that black women were dying in childbirth from disease, from nothing, that it could have been prevented. And it was brought to my attention by a practicing OBGYN who is associated with a major university downtown. And I couldn't believe it. And he explained to me 
that a number of the healthcare professionals around him are Middle Eastern. And they were worse than white folks in the distribution and disseminating of treatment and racial biases against black people. I was shocked. I said, well, I should be shocked because uh, 17 years ago, my youngest daughter is now 17.5 years. And 17 years ago, a similar thing happened when I was giving birth. I almost died in childbirth. They didn't do uh, enough due diligence to see that the baby was bigger than I, than, I could, than I could have naturally. And they didn't perform a C-section. I almost died. The baby almost died. When she came out, she was blue. And the healthcare practitioner who was supposed to hold her would not touch my baby. She was a dark-skinned Indian doctor who would not touch my baby who was born looking like me. Imagine that. Afterwards, when it, you know when the drugs wore off and so on, I was livid. I said, "Don't have her come anywhere near me." And, and they they actually moved her out of the hospital, and the attending doctor was not retired, so that we didn't have, we couldn't sue because I was going to sue them. I didn't give that care. My daughter almost died. They had every attending. They had all kinds of people in the room because they did not attend to me properly because of racial bias. Living witness. I have had to stand up for myself because my doctor would have tested me for everything, not on the basis of my personal health. It's it's been shocking her for almost 17 years that I don't have any of these preventable diseases like you know high blood pressure, but it's been diet controlled by my diet, and the more information I have, I ate better most of my life. Every now and then I do eat a piece of fried chicken or some mac and cheese, something I should not eat, but it's not my everyday fare. Most days I eat very normally, you know, healthily. Take my vitamins. This has been going on since I was 18. It is evident. And yet, because of racial biases attributed to my ethnicity, she continued, they continue to test me for stuff. That, that My grandmother is 98 years old. They just found out. She, and I'm like, she can't have diabetes. She's 90. <laughs> she never had it all her life when she was running around town. My grandmother was running around town until she was in her 80s. They just started, they, my family, started slowing her down. Telling her, you know, you're 88. You should slow down. And she's like, gotta go up until she was 88 are you listening to me so I'm wondering at what point is this racial bias going to end it, it seems like so in other words what I'm saying is even though there are less white doctors right and less white nurses especially in urban areas where most black people tend to congregate so where is this who is practicing this racial bias they're Middle Eastern professionals. And the media itself likes to paint the image of, well, we're all equal. Well, under the law, maybe, but in practice, we're not. Maybe the law says so. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder about that because even if the law says so, people still want to march in the Capitol with their guns, with the news, while a black lieutenant governor is still there. You know, I grew up with, 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 in a culture where Bob Marley was a, was a singer. I never appreciated Bob Marley as a fortune teller 
or as a social commentator or a social scientist whose observances of culture could have made any kind of impact. I never thought of him within that context. But a few years ago, when I was sitting at a conference in, in Arkansas, I could not ex- you know, exclude from the fact that this song of Bob Marley kept coming up in my head. My- I could just hear the song. Until the philosophy that holds one race superior and another inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned, they're always going to be dispirited. I paraphrase that, but that's what the, the song says. I think the song is called War. It's not an album. I think so. Right? And I, I until I, I said, oh, my God, until the philosophy. Because it is a philosophy. It's a way of life. It's a way of thinking that influences culture and influences the way that we live. So it is what it is. Now, when I read the article, this didn't just happen in Detroit. Because the CDC is aware of racial disparities and biases in healthcare, they issued a bulletin. You can go to cdc.gov and find it. But the fact that the CDC had to say, hey, if this happens. So they found that it's when the rate of infection of COVID-19 began spiking, Across the country, the CDC said, whoa, we need to look out for this. Sure enough, it happened. And it makes it's enough for you and I to sit back and wonder, will we ever get past our racial biases? Will we ever get past the fact that we need to look at people as people and stop looking at people through the eyes of color? My friends, I'm here to tell you that in a few years from now, maybe in my lifetime, maybe in your lifetime for sure, We're going to live to see where the minority is the majority in America. It is happening as we speak. And that minority will be comprised of 26% Hispanic, 13% uh, 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 black, and the rest a smattering of other ethnicities. That will become the new majority. And the minority will become white. What are you going to do? So you won't be that many people in numbers your numbers will be significantly reduced. But in the meantime, we do have to work at eradicating racial biases. We do have to work at the continued disparagement of African-Americans in America across every culture, every sector, every sector of the economy. It has to be disbanded and permanently discredited. And social scientists have been writing and talking about this since the 1990s. It is because of aggregate and racial uh, uh, disparities in housing. A lot of African-Americans live in places where whites would not live. We just recently did a, a report on what happens in Louisiana's Cancer Alley. And it is shocking to see that we continue to allow these to continue to happen. We need to understand that these things cannot be part of the American discourse. And we need to make it happen. And it's up, and social scientists have been commenting on this, have been writing articles on this, and the practice of healthcare. So that means the new medical doctor just coming out of, of, of medical school comes in with his own biases attached to his own prejudices that he's now going to lay out. 
coupled with the established folks who have been there for 20, 30 years who are now going to teach him the practice of medicine. He's also learning the practice of racial bias and applying racial bias to folks. These are the times that we live in. COVID-19 is no respecter of person, as a matter of fact. Just last night, I read that rates of COVID, that the White House is about to release data where the rates of COVID-19 is parking, it's spiking in the heartland. The heartland is typically mostly white, rural white communities. And when you study uh, racism and you recognize that African-Americans who were running from the South were running to areas in the northern hemisphere, in the northern part of the country where they could find work. It's not that when they arrived in those northern climes that they were not mistreated. It just wasn't Jim Crow. But they were still equally mistreated. They were beaten. They were subjugated to, to lack of good housing. They were treated badly. They, the, the same housing that a white person could get for $200 a month, they were paying $600 a month. These things and practices continue today. You apply for a credit card. I'm black. I apply for a credit card. My interest rate is likely to be 6%. Yours might be too. I go to apply for credit to buy a car or a house. Your interest rate could be 8%. Mine is most likely going to be double digits. Regardless of credit, regardless of credit rating, racial disparities happen over and over. And until we stand up. Now, what, is it fair? You would have thought that someone is sick and goes to the emergency room that they would be attended to. But you instead have to be vigilant. So when you take your sick family members to the emergency room, you recognize that you have to be vigilant to find out what on earth is going on here. Are they being mistreated because of color? Because frankly, if it were me in the, in the, in the midst of this pandemic, me, in my skin, walk into an emergency room with my sick family member, there would be hell and powders you to see me on the six o'clock room because you're because I know it when I see it and I'm going to respond to it. Years ago, uh, when my mom uh, was in a, uh, had done surgery for the first surgery in 2014, she, was, she had developed a staph infection. You know, one of those infections you get in hospitals? And when we took her back to the same hospital where she worked, they were acting like it never happened. Wrong day, wrong time, wrong person. I didn't call it racism. I just said, she works here and this is how you're going to treat her. I said, do you want me to call Channel 2 or Channel 4? Because we're going to be here till you fix this. Do you see what I mean? Racism. And the way the Asian uh, medical practitioners came in, with a distaste on her face. How do you allow these people into the practice of medicine? I thought the Hippocratic Oath was that you heal. I thought that's what it said. But it seems to me your healing or your distribution or disbursement of healing is conditional upon your own perceived acceptance of the person. God help us all. So after this, now imagine something like COVID-19 running rampant. People don't know what it is. All they know is that their family members are coughing, they're sick, and you run to the emergency room and then they're going to send you back home. Man, and you're going to tell me there's nothing you can do. I'm, well, I'm going to call Channel 2 because I just read up all these symptoms and they're displaying symptoms. You better accept them for treatment. And the hospitals 
uh, stand. Is, and this is so. This is why when people are on, you know, on the, on social media talking about essential healthcare workers, you notice I've been silent about it. This is why. I'm like essential. Are they really? How have they treated people of color when people of color walking? Because now we're gonna find out that some of these deaths didn't have to happen. But guess who is in charge of writing the disease process and the medical reports? The same biased healthcare professionals, the same biased ones are writing it so that the hospital does not pay for what they did. The hospital staff, the hospital is responsible. You are the administrators of the hospital. You hire these people. They are acting based on what they have been told and what you have socialized them to believe are acceptable practices for your institution. They absorb your culture. And your culture is we don't want those people here. So they're just being good workers by just acting it out. Well, we're going to save this for other people who come in. And by we are going to save it for people who come in. And by saying people, you know who they're talking about. It's the craziest thing ever, isn't it? You would have thought that by now, we could have at least overlooked and be a little bit more humane in how we treat people who are sick and unwell. Instead, here we go again. At what point does this end? At what point does this stop? At what point do we say enough is enough? Right now, enough is enough. Here in the Detroit area, People have been dropping like flies from COVID-19. A lot of it, if you were to talk to people, say, yeah, when we got to the hospital, they told us to wait, and they kept telling us to wait, and they didn't have a bed, and they didn't this. Those are all denial of treatment. That's what that is. That is implicit bias. You apply for a job, and you have all the qualifications, meets all the criteria, and they won't give you the job because they're holding the job for some white person who probably doesn't even have a degree in the area, probably doesn't even have a degree at all. All of these things, they must stop. It starts at the top. People still have these old conceptions of who people are. Like your ancestors, dude, were not poor. What? Your ancestors were poor. What the heck is this? Some of you all made a little money and you act like new money. You act like your ancestors never had it. We're always rich. And? And? And we continue to let these attitudes imbibe. Recently on Twitter, some time ago, uh, a young black woman was, was, was talking about how she was treated by the white nurse in the hospital where she went. And the nurse said, this is how you all come in here pretending to be ill, but you're not. And they had her on video. She was eventually hopefully removed from her job. But she's going to go somewhere else and get hired by the white establishment who is going to overlook what she did because at the bottom of it, they feel justified. They feel like it is right. And some of you all have been recipients of this. When it happens, you need to stand up and speak out. This is why I say all of us need an advocate for healthcare. So when you do have encounters with a healthcare system, if you're incapacitated and can't talk, 
then someone needs to speak up for you. God help them if anything were to ever happen to me because I have two daughters. One is a lawyer and one is about to be a doctor. Probably is not going to go good for anybody. I kid you not. I kid you not. <laughs> because when you see these things, there, in other words, what I'm saying is that 63-year-old phlebotomist did not have to die. That was the very hospital that she worked in. And they refused to give her a test for COVID-19 despite displaying this very symptom. And did not give her a test. And she subsequently died at home. They kept sending her back home. Four times she went to the same hospital. And this is in Metro Detroit. You all are racist as hell. Right here in my face. You're as racist as can be. Looking at people and looking down your snout at people. Who do you think you are? You're human beings. If Trump has his way, you all will be out of a job. And yet you're going to look at people and deem them as if you have the power of life and death in your hands to determine who gets treated and who is not. A friend of mine is now is a white man. He's now with Doctors Without Borders for this very same reason. And when he began speaking up about this, they would not promote him because they said he was an agitator, because he didn't conform. When he spoke up about the maternal health of black women who were being mistreated. So he's now with Doctors Without Borders. He's like, I'll just go where my medical skills help people instead of being in a system that continues to disparage against people based on, based on color. They probably shut me down on Twitter. Join me on YouTube. Because I'm not going to stop talking about this. I pay for this airtime. And I'm not going to stop talking about it because it affects me and it affects people I know and people whom I love. And I don't want to find myself on the receiving end of some bad treatment in healthcare because I tell you what, you expect a lawsuit. This is ridiculous. And it is shameful. And it needs to stop. These racial, and this is why I refer to them as implicit biases, because you listen to people and you listen to where they're sent and you attribute things to them. You say, well, like I recently applied to Central Michigan University. That's a whole other story. And I was speaking to the academic advisor. I kid you not. And she mentioned that I would need to listen to this. She mentioned that I would need to take an English equivalency course. I almost fell off the chair laughing. I kid you not. I, I am an English-speaking, native English speaker because that's my native language. First of all, I grew up speaking the Queen's English, if you want to know the truth. And Americans are like, oh, yeah. So for her, I'm making the, the comment because for the academic advisor at Central Michigan University to say that I need an English equivalency course is strange. I'm also a published author who has published books written in English that are translated into other languages of the world. So tell me again, why do I, she couldn't answer that question in an email. I'm not going to ask you person to person. I want you to answer it in an email. Are you listening to me? These are racial biases. I had to ask her the question. 
If I were right, would, would you have said that? No answer to now. Still waiting. These are what are referred to as implicit biases. You look at people, you attribute to them a social status. You attribute to them what you think should happen to them based on your perception of who they are. We imbibe these attitudes from the prevailing culture that people are less than. Are you watching what COVID-19 is doing? You realize that we have reopened the country too quickly? And so these rates are going to be mammoths in a few. It's going to be horrible. We're at the calm stage now where people, it's just enough for you to say, okay, I can go out and engage. And you're going to go out and engage. And by the 1st of June, the middle of June, you're all going to be crying. Do you think COVID-19 respects my color or yours? The healthcare system is what is making the difference. They're determining who lives and who dies, as if the power of life and death is resident in their hands. I think some of you all are hung up on a power trip. You are more concerned about the feeling of power and wanting to deny minorities access to healthcare, access to education, access to housing, access to credit, because you think you can. I'm here to tell you, you won't. There's a group of people coming behind me. They're millennials. They're not going to put up with this. They're going to fix this, and they're going to make it so that you will pay for this. Because it has to stop. And if you won't comply, in pretty soon, companies, are the very companies some of you work for, who made you think that it's okay to treat people badly with implicit bias, they're the same companies that are going to get rid of you. Because you have embarrassed them and called it out. They will fire you because they don't want to appear publicly and to be embarrassed publicly. Believe me, even though these folks have paid for it with their lives, the people who perpetrated these biases in these reports that are on the New York Times, believe me, those very same people probably don't work at that institution anymore. They found a way to get rid of them because they embarrassed them and called it out. This is why I say you have to continue to be on the front line and call it out when you see it. You have a cell phone in your hands. Record the darn thing, will you? And upload it to social media and share it for the rest of the world to see that these continue to happen. Embarrass them out. And then you hit them where it hurts the most in their money. Let them file for bankruptcy. When so many lawsuits have been filed against them, for the way they feel that they can get away with treating people. It is an anomaly to me. As for me, I value human life. I don't know about anybody else, but if you're a human being, regardless of your appearance, regardless of what you do, you come to me for help. Anything I can do in my power to help you, I am going to do it. Why is that a difficult thing for others to do? Why? And so we recognize that these are the issues that must change. I got to go. I got to wrap this up. These are the issues that we must find solutions to. And I want to say to all of us that it's time out for this. I can't believe that a pandemic has come that has nothing to do with any of us. We didn't start this. We didn't create it. We didn't create the conditions for it. And yet it has come. 
And yet people, my people, are being treated as if they're less than. Because some white person, some Asian person, whether you are from, from China or Japan or Korean, whatever your nationality or ethnic uh, majority is, if you're Indian, you're Pakistan, or you're Arab or from somewhere in the Middle East, you come to these United States and you dare to treat black people differently, imbibing the attitudes of white people and treating black people differently. It is the most unbelievable thing I have ever seen and heard. With blatant disregard for human life, you really need to think about that. Because some of you who are practitioners, your skin color is the same skin color as the person you have just mistreated. You need to think about that. Put that into context, if you will. And this is going to happen more and more because the rates of COVID-19 are going to continue to spike. Go to my website, HarrietKemic.com. I'm going to post the link for this article. We all need to read it and absorb it. And I'm going to post the link so that we all are aware. And if you have been mistreated, file a lawsuit. Secure and save all the data that you have on the treatment of your family members. File a lawsuit. Make it plain so that they see it. And when they see it, they will run from it. Let the evidence speak and let the facts speak for itself. This is a racist establishment. And this racism is killing people off. In the midst of a global pandemic, we're still killing people because we imbibe and have racial attitudes towards people. This is shocking and it is silly and it must stop. My name is Harriet Kimmer. Go to my website, harrietkimmer.com, as well as listen to my podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Get a copy of my book, Through the Fire. It's available on amazon.com. It will tell you a lot about how the justice system treats people of color and women of color who come forward with evidence of being mistreated. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is Tuesday. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody, and take care and stay safe. We wear masks. It helps. It does help. Be blessed, everybody. Be blessed, everybody. Hey, Twitter. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.